Hey, you guys, welcome back to Survivors of Addiction. It's Brandon Orr. And Christy Lashober. And as always, Stephanie Mendenhall. Our fearless leader. Woo, woo. I just say it because I like it. It's just <laughs> fun. I don't care what anybody else thinks, dude. I'm going to continue my stride. Hey, you guys, welcome today. Um, we're going to get a little vulnerable today. We're going to talk about something that's a little uncomfortable, um, as always, but it's important. It's about stigma. Yeah. You know, I know for me that when we talked about, Stephanie and I were in the war room last year sometime talking about topics that we wanted to talk about on this podcast, and stigma is one of them. And as today, we hit our 10th episode. We're going to go ahead and challenge ourselves a little bit, and we're going to talk about something that's uncomfortable to us, but it's also got to be talked about because stigma is not truth. I'm going to give you a little definition right now about stigma, a powerful feeling of disapproval that most people in society have about something. Powerful, negative perceptions associated with substance abuse. Mm. Stigma is not truth. It is fear of the unknown. It is a lack of knowledge. Mm. Which it doesn't come across like that. If someone has stigma, you would think that, that, you know, that they're all knowing, but really you're right. It's a lack of knowledge about something. It it is. It's one of those, it's one of those, I love here where it says, Uneducated. It doesn't say, but it's uneducation. You know, it's yes. lack of knowledge. There's no education behind it. You're speaking from belief, and belief isn't always truth. Or speaking from your own fear. Right. Yes. Another one is is this is how we were raised. Yeah. You know, raised to believe. Right. Raised to look down upon. Something. Well, yeah, raised to believe to look down upon. Right. Like. Right. That's the type, like, I don't know about really look down upon, but really believe in something. Like, whether your stigma is, hey, that dude's a junkie and he's going to be that way for the rest of his life, or that dude's a criminal and that's just how he's going to be, you know, you're trained and you're taught like this. Or it could easily be said, that dude has a lot of pain, or that dude has a lot of trauma, but no one really says that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, um, stigma, a lot of time you are saying something, a belief about something that's untrue, that maybe they're an addict, but they also, it's not because they're a bad person. Right. It's because they have trauma usually. Right. And that's, well, and, you know, we went back a few episodes and discussed about, you know, from you and I and, and, and our battle with addiction was trauma, yes. you know? And as I look back and I was thinking about how I was raised, you know, I was raised with no women in my family. I was raised with the stigma that women were to cook and to clean. That's a stigma, dude. <laughs> that is. Regardless, you know what I mean? I need someone to cook and clean. <laughs> you know, don't we all? Oh, you need a wife. But, I do need a but wife. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is this is how I was raised. And that's it, true. It, that's it, took me, it took me a lot to understand that that's not how it is. Mm. You know, it wasn't something I'm like, oh, that just didn't feel right. No, because it felt right my whole life. Mm. It's what I was raised to believe. Yes. You know I what I mean? That. And then it took... It took, well, it took a lot of work on myself first to understand, but it was my first marriage I had years ago. I realized that, dude, like, this isn't, like, this is a two-way street. I wasn't, like, I never was in a relationship where I had to, you better cook, you better clean, because that's just not how I, that's not how I run my ship. I think it's a two-way street, and I didn't realize that until I got married my Mm. first time, because... I had this inclination or whatever you want to call it that she was to do this, she was to do that. Well, when I seen it wasn't getting done <laughs> and I felt weird about And she's like, saying, why aren't you doing Well, I, you know, it was like in my brain I was thinking, why isn't this shit getting done? Like, isn't yeah. this what she's supposed to do? And then when it wasn't getting done and I was like looking at her thinking about how I was going to say something to her about it, it felt, it really felt uncomfortable because I didn't know how to address that. And when I, and when something's uncomfortable, I'm like, okay, how do I tell her that my laundry needs done without? <laughs> yeah, I would love to what, watch that. You know that what I mean? So what I, real, what I realized right there, what I realized right there was it was uncomfortable. So something wasn't right. Yes. You know, like. Whoa, dude, I like, love that, Brandon. Like, whoa, why did I even have that? Like, why didn't I just say, "Hey, why do didn't my I just get up and do my own damn laundry?" Yes, you know, I don't shouldn't expect anybody to do anything for me. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? But this is how I was raised. It's the lack of knowledge that you just talked about. Come on, give me some knuckles, <laughs> right there, and that's it. That's and awesome. that, you know, and I've been blessed with a brain enough to where I can self educate myself on on things and mm-hmm. re, and learn from things that, you know, 
family mistakes, my own mistakes, people's mistakes. I can learn from those things today. But the cool thing is, too, is that you're willing to do that, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, because you... a lot of people, if they just stay stuck or expect, you know, their their original beliefs to be how they do the world, then it's like it's so nice to, to have that, um, the willingness to yeah. – to um, learn. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to take it back one more time. That was beautifully said. Here's the thing is I, as Brandon Orr, that's how I'm learning in my marriage I'm in today. Yes. You know what I mean? That's why I believe my marriage today is successful is because what I've learned from then and the stigmas that I put onto my ex-wife before, I don't have to put those on my wife today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I refuse to. Because I I do my own laundry. I do these things today for myself because like I said, I just it just felt weird. I don't know I don't know how people can wrap their heads around thinking that that's what a human being should have to do for somebody else. Mm. I just personally guys, if that touched if if that touched something (laughs) funny, dude, talk to your sponsor. If that was weird, <laughs> talk to somebody about it because I'm telling you right now, that's not how that was supposed to go. And, and actually, I love the way it. you do your laundry because you're always looking fresh and Aww. you always look like not wrinkled. So and I'm I really smell proud good, of she you. Says. You always smell good. Yeah, He's I love very matchy matchy. Yeah, I am. <laughs> very matchy matchy. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we got new uh, logo wear. And we yeah. were holding up different colored shirts that we got. And he's like, I think I have a hat that matches that perfectly. <laughs> it was that the one that Christy got me. <laughs> right, salty, salty hat. Oh, that's so awesome. Yep. Um, thank you, guys. Mm. I do I, I do take pride in what I look like. It's <laughs> something I never had in my life. And I get to have that today. So yes. I enjoy it to the fullest. Let's go back to this real quick. because <laughs> I want to talk about clothing. <laughs> yeah. Because we can do a whole other podcast on clothing. <laughs> so, oh, maybe we should. And shoes. Now so we had a diagram that we busted out. Um, there was a few words on here that were really good and I'm going to read them to you and I'd like to talk about them for a minute, you know, one at a time if you, if you don't mind. Um, the diagram was, it was presented like this. It was labeling, social exclusion, stereotype, discrimination, abuse of power, and lack of communication. So all of those things make up stigma. Each one has its own piece of stigma gotcha. is what I believe. Mm-hmm. As I keep reading it, each one has its own piece of stigma, not as a collective make stigma. Each one has its own yes. stigma, and I'd like to talk about that. Okay. So I want to start with labeling. Mm. How are you labeled, Christy? Label. Boy, I have a lot of labels. I think we all do. Right? Yeah. Can you share them with – Are you ready to get vulnerable, girl? Mm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I believe in you. Yes. Well, I think from the beginning as a child, I was labeled as somebody with health problems. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have to be aware of that as I'm going through through life. So I was labeled with someone that was deformed, actually, without a thumb. Okay. And so I had a, yeah, I had a lot of different labels. And where do you find in it that the false of it? Well, the false is that is true, that I don't have a thumb on my left hand and I have a small thumb on my right hand, but that doesn't define who I am. And it doesn't make you not capable. Yes, it actually makes me very, I say, MacGyverish, I can do a Bro, lot of bitching things. Hey, I, I watch you sometimes. I watch you sometimes, Christy, and I'm yeah. like, I'd give five bucks to see somebody else try to do that. Right? <laughs> I would give five bucks for see somebody else because seriously, like you impress the heck out of me a oh, lot of the times, dude. Man. Seriously. Yeah. The only thing I couldn't do is like out of everything that I've tried when I um, took my scuba diving lessons. The only thing I couldn't do, I had to, in order to pass, get this little tiny screw, and I had to turn it. Oh man! And so. The the person that I was with said, I promise I will be there to turn that screw for and then they let me pass. Wow. But that's the only thing. That's, that's the, the one thing. That's the only thing I could wow. do. Yes. How'd that make you feel? It made me feel, well, that I didn't really like because I still couldn't do it. But right. otherwise, yeah. But I'm, wasn't it cool feel, that somebody was there to back you up? Yes. Like, yeah. high five to whoever that was, dude. I've always had people back me up, which has been really amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. She just got a little vulnerable with us. I love that. Things we don't know. I'm hot. Whew, I'm sweating. I think that it's interesting that when I met Christy, I didn't even notice that she didn't have thumbs or that one was tiny or whatever. Like, it never even occurred to me until, like, I probably knew you for months before I was like, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. Yeah, like, there's so much about your personality and your big smile that, like, and I don't know. It's just that's not what stood out to me. So I get that, you know, people, especially as children, maybe label or point those things out but that's not right not the first thing I wanna, you notice about you i want to say stephanie that was beautiful because here's what it is is i saw your heart 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember sitting in that boardroom when we were talking about that next or the side by side or whatever it was. And I met Christy that time. That was the first time. Mm. And I just watched you and your heart was just pouring out. That was my mm. first. That was my first no, notice. Thanks. Of you. Yeah. you know, it's funny because it's mainly not kids. It was mainly adults that created that Jerks. stigma. Yeah. Jerks. There were so many. Yeah. Jerks. It was, all, it was all adults. So, kids were like mortified at their so parents. You just said that something that, that you just said something that I touched on a minute ago. It's how we're taught. Kids yes. don't notice that stuff until they're taught that, dude. You're right. Absolutely. So I'm I'm so glad you just brought that up because that just validates what I was saying earlier. Mm, yeah. So I would like to talk about a label on me. Which I one? Up- <laughs> <laughs> nice. You ain't wrong, girl. I love it that you said that. Let Let's me- get to it. Well, we all have me- lots of labels. No, we do. Think. Let me not think. Just- I'm going to use the one. one. I'm going to use one that was touchy that's not on this paper right here. It hurt my feelings, and I'm proving him wrong today. And Chad, my, bro- my older brother, I'm sorry if you hear this, but it's just the truth. He used to call me his convict brother. Mm. Ooh, you that's know, a, that's a rough one. You know, and I, and and I just want to say real quick, in case Chad hears it, it, like it only it only bugged me because of I was a convict, and I didn't like to be labeled for that because I didn't know any other type of life. You know what I mean? Like that's that's just what. I, but to point that out to his friends and stuff, yeah. and say this is my convict brother. I mean, granted, he is a marine. He is this. You know, he has this. He he. Well, he doesn't anymore. But he had this. You know, gung ho attitude about everything, and that's just who my brother was. But it hurt me. Right. You know what I mean? It hurt it me. Hurt. It hurt, dude, because I don't want to be labeled for that. I want to be, I just want to be your brother. Mm. I just want to be your freaking brother, dude. Mm. Yes. You know? So that one for me, we had a couple down here on this piece of paper, but like I've been looking at this for about a week now and I was thinking about one that hurt and that, that one kind of mm. stung a little bit, yeah. you know? And, and, and well, because w- you're so many more things than that. Well, yeah, but brother. see, but that's what but he didn't. And, and that's why I'm okay. Not okay with it, but I'm okay with it today. Cause he didn't know that. Right. He, my family he only showed him what I showed him, and that was my mug shots. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, let's get real. Mug shots with the S oh, plural. A few S's plural. <laughs> Not proud of it, but you know. Mm. Like, and then we go down to the next one is social ex- exclusion. Mm. Like, I'm going to give you one real fast about me. I loved sports growing up. I did. Yeah. I still do to this day. It's my absolute favorite thing in the world, dude. Except, you know, I just love sports. And when I was a kid, I wore really thick glasses and I was four foot seven. (laughs) How many times do you think I got picked? And skinny. Super skinny, bro. (laughs) Hula hoop Cheerios and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I was skinny, dude. So how many times do you think I got called out to play? Basketball? No. Football? Nope. Mm. Baseball. No, I couldn't even get my legs to the front plate. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's it was it was real and it hurt, dude, because I love sports and how are you ever gonna get better if you don't trust it? Now, you know, today's way different. They're saying that like the little guy runs fast. He, you know, he can has control, he's got good equilibrium. Like there's things that a little guy can do. But back then when I was a kid in the eighties, people didn't pick you. Oh man. Mm. Nah, four eyes ain't getting picked. Aw, they said that to you? Yeah, That's dude. so mean. I have, hey, I'm going to give you a description of Brandon. I had these big, thick glasses with big old lips. <laughs> and big blue eyes. And big, big blue eyes, eyes dude. They probably made them pop out Big more blue eyes. But that was that was a stigma because I really knew how to play sports. My father put me in sports. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. dad, but my brother and I. But when we go to the school and play, you know, because we also traveled. A, we also moved around a lot. Mm. So I never got to really make friends. So they didn't know. But so they just seen me. And we're like, nope. Nope, yeah, don't nope. pick that, dude. Yeah. So I got to watch a lot of sports in school. Mm. I didn't get to play a lot. And you're such a sports fan, like you mm. said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's October, baseball season. The other Go thing Dodgers. that he's not saying is he's very good at everything he does. Yeah. Thank you. That's true. Very <laughs> athletic. True. Thank you. It's not like yeah. he didn't have the skill. I think so much of uh, stigma is about assumptions. Whoa, so dude. So if you... Look at someone and you don't know anything about their story. Your mind automatically tells you a story that's not even true. It's that yeah. judge a book by its cover. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, And that's the one thing I was taught, I remember, as a kid. Don't judge a book by its cover. Everyone says that. But that's that, what but, we all do. We all even us in this room, we do it. We yeah. can't hide it. Every, we, it's, just, it's, a natural, it's a natural thing, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It hurts. It doesn't feel good, and it, it stinks, dude. Mm-hmm. Do you have one where you were excluded? I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Um, yeah, boy. So, I, well, let's see. It seems like I keep going back, but that's kind of where it all kind of started for me, is that um, social exclusion was basically in school when I was young. They said that I wasn't allowed in regular schools back in 1969, like, 70. Wow. 
I know. That's, so that's BS, dude. So so because they, of your thumbs. Well, that and some other okay, health things okay. that I had, but still, you know, it was not necessary for me to be in a different school. But they but they would not allow me in public school. So they said that I needed to go to a school that was for handicap and mental retardation. <laughs> Thank right. God, my mom's like, oh hell no, hell no, <laughs> hell no. So she fought really hard about that, and so it was fine. But um, and then I got to go, and after a few few months of staying home, but. Yeah, so you know, as a kid, you think, um, "Oh, I'm okay, I'm okay," and you kind of, you kind of dismiss it. But it it seeps in your body and it stays in there, you know. And then when you go back to school, and the teachers are like, "Why do you hold your pencil like that?" You know, "Why do you do this? Why do you do that?" So you know, I'm going to throw a stat out there, and I don't know how accurate it is from then to today, but you like you think about back back then, it's like there was a lot less people in the world, right? There's a lot less people, probably just a couple billion. You know, just seriously, because yeah. there's 7.8 or 9 today. Right. Mm-hmm. So you think about how far stigmas come, right? And how far, and, and there's different types now. Because back then it was just lack of, it was like, it was like, oh, she's different. She's different. She's different. Yeah. And we don't know what to do, so we're going to put you over here in this corner. Yeah, because because yeah. it was like, and I don't know if this is a correct term, apologies if I'm wrong, but it's a birth defect. Yeah, it You is. know, mm-hmm. and it was like, that. you can't help that. You know what I mean? But today's stigmas are really labeled around drugs and alcohol and criminality and the homeless. And, you know, it's just it wasn't like what it was back then as it is today, you know. So as you're telling your story and you're thinking about it, I'm thinking, like, how messed up is it that Christy was neglected to go to a regular school or was like, Told not to. I can understand a thumb wrestling competition, but I can't understand a a, a, a school. Do you, you know, know what, what I'm was saying? The worst is remember that game thumbs up seven up. Oh no! Oh, my God, we have to play that game. Oh no! <laughs> that was the worst. I do remember it. I didn't You're even like, think about that. You have your finger up. Oh man. How do you feel? Oh sorry. It's, so uh, it's funny, but you know. <laughs> At the time, I'm like, this game sucks. Can we play a different game? You know, I just want to say, like, that sucks, Christy. (laughs) You know, and I love you. I love love the way that you pushed through everything and you came out on top, dude. So, like, this is what we're here for, for breaking... Girl, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you know, it's... Because stigma, like you said, has a lot to do with drugs and alcohol, with homelessness, with so many different things, with weight, with so many different things. And so, but it, but it starts from childhood and yep, it starts yep. from parents and, and, and being curious about the other person is way better than just, you know, yeah. saying, being this. Instead of statement. asking the question, they just assumed and threw you off at the corner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, I need a special class, but I can read faster than everybody in this damn room. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and I, my writing skills are impeccable. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. No. I'm, uh, it's, you know, and that just is going to fall right back into the next one. We really don't need to talk about it. Stereotype. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. We were being stereotyped. You know, I had, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of. Um, diagnoses, what do you call them? Is that what, ADD, yeah. ADHD, mm-hmm. um, oppositional defiance disorder? I had all kinds. Uh, 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 PTSD. I had a lot of a lot of things, and those those were just stereotypes. From they may, they put stereotypes on me for me having these disorders. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I was a human. I was. I thought I was freaking normal. Sorry if my brain works faster than my hand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or my hand works faster than my brain, whatever way it was. But like I was capable. Yeah, I don't, because they wanted me to go to special classes too because of it. But I was mm. capable, and my dad fought for crazy? me too. Yeah, Isn't that dude, crazy. it's stereotypes, dude. I hate stereotypes. That's why when I in the job I do today, I love when I can see a man straight up, dude. As long as they're not talking to the tree, like <laughs> I can see a man that's walking, that's hurting, that is supposed to be whole. Without yeah. the stereotype of that dude should have got it together because that's bullshit. And Brandon, even if the man was talking to a tree, you still would go over <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I would wait. Totally would. You would be w- like, "Hey, what's this tree saying?" Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I know how far that conversation would go. It yeah, wouldn't go for far. Sure. But like the man, like, like we have our buddy Chris. You know, like he. It was like him when he came in. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, I don't want to be stereotyped. So why I don't I don't want to be stereotyped. So why should I stereotype somebody? Everybody has a heart. Everybody has eyes, a brain. They bleed. They breathe. They eat. You know, they're all the same because they've had a little bit more down luck. You're going to put a label on them, right? And yes, yes, and because of what we've been through, I think we are way more empathetic to others. Right. Good. Good call. I mean, it's easy to do that because we understand what that's like. Right. 
Yeah, so we'll fight for others. Right. And, you know, that one pretty much comes down to discrimination as well. Mm -hmm. I think all three of those, um, the social exclusion, stereotype, and discrimination, I think they all go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. Um, So there's not a whole lot to talk about that because we pretty much just talked about how we were discriminated as kids. (laughs) But we overcame it. Let's throw the positive out there because I'm not going to let that hold power to me or And then even as adults, you know, with addiction and being in prison, you know. Right. All of that. Speaking of being in prison— Let's talk about the abuse of power. Mm. COs. Bro, immediately, right? <laughs> Mine go to deputies in jail. Like, there oh. were some really, really amazing deputies in Jackson County. Like, amazing. But there was, like, four of them. Yeah, exactly. There was, there, like, four of there's them. There's just a couple that and there stand was like, out. Yeah, there, the was like, there was, like, five that were cool. And the rest, they were yeah. labeling us. They were they abusing were. their power. You know, and so I don't know. Bad. I'm just going to go ahead and... Mm. <laughs> Mm. There's a deputy in jail. I've watched him literally pull mental health people out and beat them, dude. You know what I mean? And and totally tase them and because they're mental health and they have challenges and he didn't see it. And because they wouldn't be quiet in the morning, he pulls them out and beats them. That's abuse of power. Wow. It's yes. actually all over the internet right now. So everything I'm saying is absolutely true. I am not making up stuff. This is things that I've You've seen. You've seen this. 100%. I am not not making things up or spread rumors. Like that's what I had to deal with for 20 years mm. because that's how long I've been, that's how long I called Jackson County Jail my home. You mm. know what I mean? That was my second 20 home. 20 years? G- brief. Yeah, wow. it, from about 18 to about 38, yeah, that's 37. Crazy. Yeah. That's when I got clean. It was like 37 or 38 mm. or something like that. I have to count back, but we're not there. But that's a piece of power. And yes. that's because of his stigmas that he put on the yes. inmate that has mental health. Lack instead, of knowledge. Instead, not want, not yeah, caring. instead of him being mental health, oh, it's just some junkie coming down and he won't shut up. Let's pull him out and beat him. Wow. Didn't feel good, right? Mm-mm. Doesn't feel good even hearing about it. No. But it's truth. And I say it to his face today because I ain't on parole or probation. I ain't seen him again. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, that's abuse of power, dude. Yes, it is. That's abuse of power, dude. Yeah, and then... Even um, just mentally, too, because a lot of times it could be, you know, the beating, but it also can be, especially in prison, the COs just lightly, you know, walking by and saying something like, you know, as you're trying to work out to a VHS tape that's like 42 years old, you know, and they're like, wow, I, you know, I, I, I worked out to this tape today. And, yeah. But, yeah. you know, you're not, boy, it doesn't look like you're losing any weight at all. Why are you even bothering? It's like, why are you competing with me? You go home. I'm in this little right. cell. Doing yeah. my thing. Trying doing to, my time. Do I'm just yes. doing my time, dude. Let me yeah. do my time and you do yours. It's those quiet little continual like jabs. Christy, can I ask you about, did you have abusive power from teachers? Oh, um, yeah, for sure. As a kid, I did. Yes, I had um, people that would, like I said earlier, make fun of like the way I held a pencil or lots of different things in, right. in regard to that. Yes. Right. You know, I did too. There was a teacher I had in, I don't remember, I was probably seventh grade right before I moved up here. Um she was cool, but she abused her power, dude. Like, mm. she had her good moments. You know what I mean? Like, she had her good moments, but you can tell when it was, like, her bad day because she would hold her hands out and hit her hands with rulers. Oh, that's horrible. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it was. That was her thing, dude. You know what I mean? I'm not going to blow her name out here on because I really did like her, but that's how she was taught. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I feel like, I feel like because of the lack of – I couldn't concentrate in class. Right. I, 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 I like the shiny things. Right. I had ADD, ADHD. Yeah. I couldn't focus. And I talked a lot, dude. Um, so I got punished a lot. Mm. And it was, it was the kid with ADHD. Ew, that's he just, horrible. It was, dude. It was. It felt bad. So when my dad called her on it, he said, well, then you need to calm your son down because your son's just too much in our class. Wow. Isn't that crazy? You know, my father said, well, he's not that way at home, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, good. Good for him. Yeah. It's not that's that way awesome. at home. Yeah. Wow. So what are you doing different than I'm doing different, yeah. you know? And I believe, like, the stigma was that, you know, like, I had a disorder and she didn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that and that's another form of stigma right there. Like, this is how – this is – because I wasn't worth taking the time to teach or to talk to or to be represented correctly in that class. Or to think outside the box. It's like, hey, we're going to teach this way, A, B, C. But then here a lot of people that 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 are different, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, but yet have amazing skills um, and innovation, you know, instead of coming to the side to say, oh, what 
what's a good way for me to teach him? Instead, if you don't fall in this real narrow line, right. then you're outside the box. Right. And, love, and we love those. I, I love the outside the box people. They're my people. Yeah. They're, they're the coolest, I think. We're all in this room outside the box. Yeah, thinkers. we are. I just want to throw that out right <laughs> now, yes. dude. And we got one more back at the office. It's very outside the box <laughs> thinking, John. Um, I want to talk about one more before we move to the next one. Hmm. You know who I used to think have major stigmas who? on myself? And it turns out after I got clean that it was only my in my head, my what? parole officers. Hmm. Because I look back, I had a gentleman in Ken, Dan, Jim. I mean, I've had a bunch. And like, <laughs> I don't want to blast all their names because I know Anna's going to hear this and be like, look, she blasted you on there. But <laughs> but like, and yes, Anna, that was for you. I love you. Um, here's the thing is like, I thought that they were just like pushing me to the side. Well, I'm watching the way that the new director does parole and probation today. And that's how they were trained. Mm. But never not one time did they ever say like, I'm throwing this junkie in jail. Mm. I'm going to leave that junkie. It wasn't like that. It was like they wanted me to do better. They they, and I didn't realize that yeah. until like, you know, right around the last couple of years. Yeah. And I, and I thought about that when I was looking at this. I was like, how did my POs ever just abuse their power? Besides giving me sets I probably didn't deserve. But <laughs> Is they that didn't true? De- did you really not deserve it? I mean, I did because I didn't, I didn't <laughs> check in, right? I didn't do my part. I didn't do my part, so they did their part. Well, but, the but in my head, I'm like, I just got 60 days for not checking in after 10 days? Yeah. Dick. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, but it wasn't, that's what it was. It wasn't what it was. Is I wasn't playing their game, so they weren't playing, playing mine. Game. You know what I mean? And that's what it was. Is You know, and I tell, and like, I had a P.O. Ken Rasmussen. He used to tell me 90% of your victory is going to be showing up. Mm. 90% of your victory is going to be showing up, dude. Yeah. And I never really understood that. And like, I can, like, all my P.O.s that I had, I remember they they were always positive. They, yeah. They, you know, and back then it was, oh, they didn't like me. Oh, I'm a junkie. Oh, they, and it yeah. wasn't it at all. That was my own freaking perception, dude. Well, it's and accountability. Fun. Yes. Accountability. Yes, thank it's you, funny Stephanie. because my P.O., um, prior to me meeting her, everyone's like, oh, my God, she's such a bitch. She's so mean. She's so evil. And I was like, oh, my God. I was so afraid that I met her. I'm like. I like her. And then right? I met, and then I, you know, was with her for a little while. I, and I told her, I go, God, I was so afraid of you. Right. She laughed. She goes, you were? I said, yeah, everyone said you were such a bitch. And she laughs really hard. <laughs> but I think it's because if you're ready to, right. to change or not. And, and that's just it. Yeah. If you're ready to change. So I realized, because, you know, I've been clean before. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hold a whole lot of time under my belt, but I've been clean before. And I started thinking about, like, every time Brandon was clean, those POs were the business. They were cool, dude. Like they left, they left me alone. It was my ass using out there being dumb, you know, and not checking in dude. And that's what got me my time. And Mm. so I look back on that now. So I just, I like throwing that out there because the POs get a lot of Right, grief. They get their own stigma. Oh, for they sure. They have their own stigma. <laughs> we could do a whole show on P.O.'s <laughs> stigma. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know what would be funny, Brandon, if you brought in all your old P.O.'s and we could do a stigma <laughs> I don't think we can Maybe afford all that time. Maybe share stories. <laughs> could you share some Brandon stories? Oh, that oh, would be fun. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> I don't remember them all, dude. That'd <laughs> no, be a, that would be fun. I'm I, just kidding. I just Sorry. got super hot in here all of a sudden. <laughs> He's Woo! like sweating to death. Um, the other one on here we have Look is... Look at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so on to the next. Uh, appreciate you, ladies. Um, lack of communication. Can you describe this one at all, Chris? Well, I think it goes back to curiosity. So if you just look at someone and you're not communicating with them, you can size them up. Oh, that guy's homeless. That guy's an addict. That guy's a convict. But if you communicate with them and ask just maybe a couple questions, you can understand that it's so much deeper than that. That's part of maybe what someone has done, but that's not who they are. Right. And as we go through, all, thank you for that. As we go through all these, you know, you said something beginning, like, is all of this stigma? No, like, what we just did is we defined our own individual yeah. stigmas within ourselves here. And then as I read them all, yes, this whole thing is stigma. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it, that's what it all makes up stigma, dude. And how do we combat it? Mm. That's going to be the question I have. Like, because we're going to sit here and we're sitting here, we're talking about stigma this, stigma that. How do we identify it? Yeah, that's good and dandy. Now, how the hell do we stop it? You're right. How do we combat it? How do us, I mean, it's going to take a lot more than us three, but if we don't start it, who's gonna? How do we combat it, dude? But I think we do that on a regular basis. We do that all day. I, I mean, day. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. We do. Now, how do we get others to do it with us? 
Um, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's well, like standing in that gap between them and us, and we being right there, being like, "Let's unite and stop this kind of thing." You know. And, and I think one of the ways to do that is being first to go, being the first one to step forward to say, "Here's here's what I've done in my life. Here here's the different experience that I've had. I've been in prison. I've yeah. been addicted. Here's some health issues." I kind of feel like I can throw myself under the bus a little bit just so that people understand that it's so much bigger than that. So right. that's why I tell my story. Yeah, it, That's the main reason I tell my story because of stigma. Right. And and that's huge because yeah. our story matters. It proves that the, that the stigma that we had on us was not accurate. Right. Because we're here blowing it out of the water. We yes. are here killing it today. So all these things. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. Hey, Chad, how'd your convict brother turn out? <laughs> Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be real. He turned out as a podcast. You know what I'm, but do you know? (laughs) Well, no, I want to say this real quick. He called me the other day and let me know how proud he was of me, you know? So like, I I know that I'm making that adjustment and I think he sees it too, because like, let's admit it. Brandon was a lifer. Like I never thought I was going to get clean. I didn't think I even wanted to. I didn't think it was even a thought. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like for him to call me the other day, so I do want to get back. Like Chad, I love cool. my brother. You know, I love all my brothers. You know what I'm saying? But like Chad, I turned out all right, right? Like that stigma wasn't true. I'm not just your convict brother. I'm so much more. Right. It's know? funny that you say that about Chad because Chad is the one that I was talking about with, with the scuba diving. With oh, the, both the, our yeah. Chads. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yep, it's Chad me. saved the world. <laughs> so it's like, here's the, other, here's the other one that's I think super important. It's watch your words. Yes. Choose your vocabulary wisely. Mm. Watch what you say. What you say has meaning. The tongue has power. Yes. Be careful with what. Oh, man. And you could. So instead, I want to challenge somebody out there. If you're looking out your car window right now and you see somebody holding a shopping cart and you're thinking less than, I want you to look at them and try to look them in a positive manner. And maybe say, I wonder what happened. Yeah. I want you to. I want you to rethink your perception on that individual right now Mm. and see how you feel inside about it Mm -hmm. because what you see is not what you get go get out your car and go talk to him that dude might blow your mind i'm telling you man i've seen some iqs of some of these people are freaking wild yes wild yeah and here's the thing when i talk to them they choose to live that way Mm. you know a lot of them they they choose to live that some way do, yes. some do not all of them not all yeah. of them but they choose to live that way the ones that i've had the pleasure that were super smart they just don't like four walls yeah they don't want to be and behind a door you know what i mean that's just this is how they live they're a free spirit and that's what they believe but like take a minute and look at that gentleman with a tarp around him pushing a stopping car underneath mm-hmm. the bridge think about it mm-hmm. retrain your brain and say something positive about him one time and see how that makes you feel and it would be great to ask a question. Be curious. You know, have that communication. Yeah. Instead of, instead of the just quick judgment. Right. Because how many times in our life have we been proven wrong? Right. right. You know what I mean? How many times? And you're never going to know if you're right or wrong if you don't get out and find out for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So get out there and talk to them. Do something. And then what I find, too, is that every time I want to judge something, it's it goes back to what's my disowned self, like the Ooh. thing. It, and that's a whole other topic yeah. that we won't get into. But but I find that Today. to be true all the time. Like yeah. if something rubs me the wrong way, it's something about myself that I haven't looked at. So it's that self-awareness of bias, attitudes, and behavior. Yes. Right? Yeah, because then I can stop and go, oh, look, I'm judging that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, So and, what about me? Does that have to, you know? And, and, and something that I've worked on because I was very judgy growing up, something I've worked on yeah, is me too. how dare I judge? Yeah, exactly. So take a second, ladies and gentlemen, think about how dare you judge. Right. Like, who are we to judge, dude? We've all been out there, especially us us recovering addicts out there. Mm. What? Yeah. And then I also want to know the people that are listening, what secrets do you have that you haven't shared that you in turn judge others for the same thing that you're not sharing? I find that to be true a lot. Like before I went to prison, I had an idea about what people in prison were like. I really did. And then so... Um, and then so when I get there and I'm sitting on the I'm sitting outside in the compound on the bench and I'm seeing all these people, I'm like, this could be the mall or <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> right. I'm, no, I mean, you you're never a, you're know. Absolutely. Everyone looks the same, right. you know, in the same khakis and stuff. And then to think about of yourself going all the way down to prison, like, how did I get here? I mean, it's yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Right. Yes. Do you want to know another way I like to combat my personal stigma? What? I live my recovery out loud. Yeah, me too. I don't let anybody try to judge me or try to 
say what I should be doing and stuff like that. Because literally, like, if I live my recovery all out, I can show you, like, look, dude, I wasn't who you thought I was. That's hard to do. It is, but, I mean, hmm, what do you mean? Because I don't find it that hard. Like, I'm not a, I walk right out, I'll... Four and a half years clean. What you got to say about it? I don't understand. Well, I think it's not as hard now because you continually do it. But Mm -hmm. when I got out of prison, I said I would never tell anybody. I'm moving to Ashland. I'm, you know, no one's going to know where I was. (laughs) I'm not going to tell anyone. There is no good reason for it, really. You know, I could just work hard and build. Sounds like you had your own stigma on yourself. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then I thought, yeah, I don't want people to know because you're right. That was good, Brandon. My own stigma about someone that's been in prison. Yeah. and, And. and then about yourself, and even right? Family, it's like, ooh, don't you know? Because I didn't want to make them feel right. like, oh, they have a daughter who was in prison. See, or and for me, it's exactly opposite. Because, like I said, I spent about twenty years of my life behind those bars. Mm. So for me, it was just a Tuesday. I'm clean. What are you gonna do about mm. it? You know what I mean? Like me, there was no shame about me being a drug addict. There's never been shame about me being a drug I addict. I have There's, so much shame. I have none, mm. none, because I've overcame it. You know, and I think I think I'm going to back up on that because m- my rock bottom, there was a little shame and stuff about. There was, there absolutely was in my addiction during my addiction. There was some shame behind it, but when I got clean, I learned that it's okay because I overcame that. So I wanted the world to know, like, look, who that's who I was. This is who I am, and that's where I'm going. Yes, you know now, what I mean. And I think that helps once you're on that path of here's where I'm going because then it's easier to say, yeah, this is where I was. This is what happened, but yeah. here's where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So you have to step your foot onto that path of here's where I'm going. Yes. Ex- for sure. Ding, ding, for ding, sure. Ding, ding, ding. So now it's not as much stigma, but for sure at the time when I got out, I thought, I am not telling anyone. There there, there was a guy on the plane when I first got on the plane um, out of Texas, and he said, so what were you doing in Texas? Business or pleasure? And I'm sitting there in my grays going, oh, God, I said I was going to be honest, and what am I going to say? Oh, I was in prison. And now I would say that because I think it's a conversation piece, but at the time, right. I— I didn't say where I was. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Christy, can I, I just... answer that later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, business or pleasure? I said, oh, I need to think about that for a minute. I'm like, well, definitely, definitely wasn't pleasure. Right. Business. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us, Christy. I love you. It'll be whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Leave me alone. Business. I don't have any luggage and I'm in grays, obviously. You know, we said this another one. Another way to combat is, dude, we just said it because the tongue's powerful. Words matter. Speak against negative behavior. I hate negative belief. I just do. I just don't like negative belief, dude. It doesn't feel good. Well, and it just takes up so much darn energy. And it's a lie. Yeah, and it's a lie. It's negative energy, dude. So, like, the big one, you guys, like, be impeccable with your words and watch what you say and choose your words wisely and don't just speak from your brain. Speak from your heart. But your heart has to be in a good place in order to do that. I find that people that are hurting say say the worst things. Right. What does stigma do? Stigma hurts. Stigma creates pain and and even trauma, like you said, you know. Right. It caused me guilt and shame. Yeah, it does. And and it keeps you quiet. So it's like I said, you know, the stigma of me being in prison made it so I wasn't gonna tell anyone that I was there. And then what I realized slowly is talking a little bit about it helped squash stigma. Right. And help people share their own you know, pain, and it's really given me a voice along with other people to share. Right. I love that. That's exactly. But I wasn't going to share. I was afraid. Right. And why wouldn't you be right at the time? Right. Because right? that's what that's what was like put into you. Yes. You know, that's what was poured into you at that time, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and that's all you're going to pour out is what's poured into you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one here that stigma did for me. Um, first, I just want to say thank you to Stephanie for this because we have on our little paper here says diminishes opportunities of employment and social. Let me tell you, I didn't think in a million years, and this Mm -hmm. is self stigma. This is personal on my own self that I would ever be worth a career. Mm. My felonies, I thought for sure I would never have a career based job where that I could do the rest of my life and potentially retire. I never thought in a million years and then I found Stephanie Mendenhall. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you were Stephanie willing. found me and I found her. It was, at the, it was, and I was willing, you know, but yeah. it's like, I, I think about that today and I think about so many others. And as we walk along aside so many that are pumping gas, flipping burgers, 
you know, yes. doing doing so doing these oddball jobs as they yeah. call it instead yeah. of a career based job because it's their own personal beliefs of themselves. Yes, and it's okay in the beginning to have a get well job. I call it a yeah, get yes, well job. Yes, yes. Like this is your get Stepping well. Stepping stone. You, right. Yeah. Well, while while you stabilize. Yes. And, exactly. Then, yes. You know. So like. I, so I, I have a question. Yes. How did you go from convict brother to to career killing it out here, brother? Like, what shifted in your mind in order to think you were worth um, stepping I into I think this? it was in episode one or two when I was in prison and I knew that I was done. And I, I remember sitting mm-hmm. outside of my rock bottom of that motel room. I yeah. do, dude. Like, and then sitting in prison wondering, what am I going to do next? And it was paper to pen. It took work. Yeah, it, took it paper takes to, work, right? You know, I was writing down, I was writing so hard in the middle of the night that right here I couldn't hold a pen anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I was writing some, and that's why I don't like to write now. It still hurts to this day, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh. Like, I think it was just, well, my rock bottom, I believe, had a lot to do with it. Yeah. You know, and I think that I was tired and I think that I truly wanted a change and I didn't want to be 50 years old in jail. Yeah. I didn't want to be that. And it was a heart change? Yeah, it was a heart change. I didn't have anybody writing me at 20, 30, and 40. How am I going to have somebody write me at 50? Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to get money in my books at 50 if I'm out there being all self, self-centered? self Nobody's going to pay, you know what I'm I mean? sure with those blue eyes, you could probably make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Knock it off. But seriously, I think it was, I yeah. think it was my rock bottom that made me change, that want to change, you know, like I was tired, man. I really was. And that's what it, that's what it boils down to for me is I was tired. And then I ran for 20, you, yeah, I ran for 20 years, day for day, no vacation, no PTO, no days <laughs> off drugs yeah. and running hard doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? And the life mm-hmm. behind it is tiring, dude. The crime, the lies, the cheating, the the deviousness, the deceiving, you know, all of it just got, it wore out on me, dude. And it's hard on your heart. Well, it's hard on everything. My body hurts from yeah. it, dude. It still hurts from it. If I yawn, I throw my back out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't take good care of Brandon and I was yeah. tired of it, dude. So that's yeah. where I, that's where the yes. shift came. Was, okay. You know, and, and I knew I needed to do it. I yeah. knew it was getting, it was getting, it was getting time. I love you know. that. Yeah, because there's so many people that we meet on a regular basis that I see so much potential. And one of the girls in my circle, I'm always like, I call her Dr. Lindsay because she <laughs> because I can see her as a doctor. She wants to be a doctor, and and so and so because of stigma, I pour that into her. Dr. Lindsay, the whole group calls her Dr. Lindsay, and and that starts to create a belief in your heart that maybe I. Maybe I can be a doctor. Yeah. Maybe I'm not just a whatever. You know, and, and that's another thing is I had a friend tell me, to, back to the career base, I had a friend, and I said it back in one of the other episodes. It's like, he said, why don't you do peer support? Mm. And I didn't know what it was. Oh, Justin wow. Hahn did, yeah. And then as I did it and I kept helping, you know, Stephanie, I was working at home, and as she was uh, walking alongside people without having the lived experience, she felt comfortable with me being in the room with her. And then she seen something that, I was good at, I guess, yeah. you know, and yeah. she was like, dude, we're a team. So that like, I, mm. I know it, for me, it was my higher power, right? you know, placing me where I needed to be placed at that very yes. moment, you know, and, and continuing on. So that's where that change came. Yeah. And it was a spiritual aspect mm. too. I want to throw that for, out sure. for Brandon, for sure. You know? Brandon, me too. Can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to get your four years clean and work with law enforcement in the way that oh, they, yeah, cool. um, Four and a half years. Call on yes, him. Sorry. Call on not him. <laughs> to diminish your clean time. But it's just so cool. Like, what did you say to me yesterday? Something about, like, so, this is the life I get to lead so today. It's, so, <laughs> thank you, Stephanie, for bringing that up. Yeah, so I work with, uh, on Wednesdays, not today Wednesday because of podcast day, but every Wednesday I go out with what Medford has as a livability team. They go down and they help the homeless with uh, resources and getting them housed in and mental health. And we go down with some treatment providers and some mental health providers. And we just go down as a big resource. And our homegirl Titi's down there today. Yeah. yeah. You know, she's from there and she wants to get back. So, like, I was asked to go down with um, one of our officers named RJ, um, RJ Josephson. He, uh, Used to chase me around town. This dude's got wheels. I never could not, I could never get past him. I got past all the other ones. And you know, I did, you guys. It was RJ, dude. He I had love wheels. That story. And you know, yeah. like one of the last times, like I got caught, I was over there on Western and I had my backpack in the middle of the night. And RJ, and I don't know how you missed those blue cars, but they swooped right behind me and I didn't see him. He rolls down his window and I had a warning. He goes, Are we doing this? And I said, No. Not gonna run for me today, dude. I'm. I know it's a losing battle. Are we gonna do <laughs> this, dude? Because he knows. Well, when I got in the car, you know, like he talked to me. He's like, Brandon, you have potential. 
Mm. I don't like that word potential, but like he said, you have potential. He goes, I don't know what you're doing out here, dude. Mm. And you know, and like I don't, I, love that I, he did I that. can't quite remember the whole conversation because I was loaded. But I'll, it will always stick with me the fact that he took time to talk to me, pour some I, truth, and, and into I had you. a name out there. Yeah. Right. I didn't tell. I didn't do any of those things. But I had a name out there. I'm sure you did. You know. <laughs> but this officer seen something in me. Yeah. So when I got clean, it was about. Three years, about three years is when he started to notice. I was about maybe two and a half years clean is when he started to notice. And like, he was just saying, you know, good job. Well, the other day, our home, our really good friend Angie has the You Are Lovely project. Um, check it out on Facebook and Instagram, you guys. Um, and she wrote about me, dude. I just went through some pretty heavy stuff this last couple of weeks. And uh, she wrote an article about me. And RJ went on there and wrote a big old paragraph and like mm. it's gonna it might make me cry dude and it was like you know it was cool because i respected every single person that took the time to write for me there because it lifted me into a spirit that i really needed to be in but when rj wrote that stuff like he wrote a, a, a paragraph and at the very end he wrote hashtag brandon's winning wow. and i was thinking holy crap dude I like so like the, like the transition is it was like almost normal because i've already hung out with these cops my whole entire <laughs> life but it was in another, de- but it was in a, it was in another, like, it was in another realm. You know what I mean? Another, wow. another place in my life. And now I get to be on the other side of the fence walking alongside them and they don't arrest people when we're down there. I've never seen them arrest anybody. Right. You know, I only see them love on people, dude. So like this transition to where like they're calling us recovering addicts out there to put boots on the ground to save lives. Mm. I wish they would have done that 10 years ago. Yeah. That's what every community should do. I yes. mean, you guys take notes, dude. Medford's doing a good job right now, right. dude. Like our, our our cops and our police officers and our sheriffs, they're doing a good job right now. And that stigma from them is changing. What I love about all of that is what he did and said, and it is the opposite of stigma. Thank you, Stephanie, for pointing that out because the stigma I had with them before and now it's, it's I'm not saying it's Brandon by any means because it's the Justin Hans. It's, it's, there's a lot of us out there that right. have changed our lives. Like, a lot of us, Mikey Kindlers, all of us, where we used to run from, we are helping them change their stigma. Yes. About the, the about it. the addict that sits out there still suffering. You know, because you're out loud. High five sharing. on that, Steph. Yeah. High five on that, that. girl. Thank mm-hmm. you. That was beautiful. So, you know, another one that I'm reading right here is damaging relationships. Mm. I think that I think that maybe I'm a little confused on that one. And if you could enlighten me on this one a little bit on your beliefs of that, that would be beautiful. So everybody can understand this in a little more. I think it goes back to hurt, you know, okay. when you do, when, when you say things that are hurtful, it's usually based on stigma and that, and that hurt, it just hurts people. Right. So do you think it was like how I was taught there, how women were supposed to cook and clean and how I expected that from, Low key expected that from my first wife, my first ex wife. Like, is oh, that what you sure. mean? Okay, sure. because I I read that and I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, stigma, damaging relationship. I, I was I was loose. I was lost on that one. Well, and like when you said that about your brother saying convict brother. Okay, I mean, that's can kind of damage. I mean, it's kind of funny, and you see that that could happen, but but it's low. It's it's. Like what you said about low key, it gets in your heart. It just it just starts chipping away at yeah. your integrity, your heart, your yeah. worthiness. And, and you know, I think that's what I think you just opened my eyes, and I appreciate it because I think that's why I've been straying away from my brother because he's been asking me to hang out for quite mm. some time. And I think that that label that I was labeled with has actually pushed me away from not wanting to hang out with them now that I'm thinking about it down deep because... Well, Brandon, I'm proud of you. Yeah, so so that's why that. I'm glad I asked you about this because, you know, like I am going golfing with Chad Friday. Nice. So like our relationship is 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 healing and is, yes. is, being, is doing well. Yes. But like then, like it took a second for Brandon to want to accept the fact that his beliefs were his and mine were mine. Right. You know what I mean? And what he had to say was what? Not true. And that damaged the relationship yeah, a little and, bit. Yeah, it did. It did. It did. You're right. Thank you, Christy. I appreciate you, man. And I think it takes someone big to say, hey, what what you said back then hurt me. Right. So let's just lay it on the table. Not like, you know, don't, um, you know, wallow in it, but just right. bring, bring that to his attention. And Thank say, you. So I'm past. Thank you. Know, you. I'm okay with that or whatever. 
I appreciate you, Chris. You know I that. Gosh, you. see, I learned even when I'm even when I, even when I didn't mean to. So there's a there, we have something on here, Christy. If you want to enlighten us a little bit, there's a book called The Four Agreements. Yes, by it's a great book. Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I believe that these four agreements um, are ways you should live. That's a good way to live in order to have a happy relationship with other people, yeah. with yourself, and it and it will actually combat stigma. So I think it'll combat so much more too. But we'll it get into that. Everything. Yeah, I think so we'll get it. We'll get into the that. four agreements are be impeccable with your words, Ooh. which you had mentioned. That. Yeah, I think that's really important. Your tongue has power. Yes, it does. Don't take anything personal. That's a hard one, dude. For every single person in this room, in, for every like, single I think person it's a human being. Planet. Yeah, like we yeah. take things a little too personal because we're always thinking about ourselves and our own experiences yeah and, man and we think oh they're doing this and then or we said come, this because of because and then we come that. to find out it wasn't that at all you know what I mean to, it had nothing to do well, with me dude that's what they say people do what they do it's about them it has nothing to do with us right, right. but we always think it does and that's what hurts us God if I can if I can learn that one that would be amazing hopefully I can learn that one um, the other one is don't make assumptions ooh first thing I remember in elementary is don't make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> but we still do it. We still make asses out of everybody because we make assumptions. Instead of being curious, it takes vulnerability to be curious and ask someone a question instead of assume. And it's so easy to quickly assume just about anything. Yeah. It's so easy. And Based on our own experience. And, and that's why I think it's important to really, like, you can assume that dude in the shopping cart with the tarp around him underneath the bridge is at his very worst, but if you talk to him, he may be the happiest guy on the planet. It's or your you assumption. can assume he's lazy and yeah, when really, yeah, yeah, when really maybe he lost his entire family and disabled. We don't know, we don't dude. Know. You don't know. So you making assumptions on anything. It's crazy if you don't know first. I bet you that apple pie tastes like crap, but then you taste it and it's the best thing ever. It's little assumptions to the big ones, right? Or that's like when you were assuming your wife was going to do your laundry and it wasn't getting done. Dude, and it piled up, dude. <laughs> and the last one is always do your best. Amen. We get to. You know, I, I think we're so – there's so much going on in the world. There's so much happening and so much um, – um, divisiveness and but if we can just be still do our best like you talk about a higher power that's like we we um who we are inside what our hearts feels and says that that's the truth i think i don't know if if that makes sense. But if it, we can do our best is like what we have to offer is our best and and that's enough. That came up for me yesterday with John. So for those of you who don't know, John is our on-site counselor and helps us out with a lot of things. Episode um, four or five or something. A, yeah, you can hear him on the podcast as well. But anyway, I had a couple of counseling appointments yesterday and I was debriefing with him. I was helping people, not counseling them, but... Um, about some things that I had said and kind of looking for validation. And I said, do you think it's okay that I said that? And he said to me, did you show up as your authentic self? And what was your motivation in saying those things? So in true kind of counselor fashion, he didn't (laughs) say yes or no. (laughs) So the validation wasn't necessarily there. But what it did for me is it's like I know that the things that I said were my authentic self and my motivation is always to help people, you know, find the answers within themselves. And so that really resonated with me. And so when you say something simple like always do your best, it feels a little bit like a pat on the head. But when you think about really showing up as your authentic self and what your motivation is – you know, it does kind of bring more perspective to that. I love, I that love, was beautiful. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, you know, and it really was beautiful, Christy. I just, I really want to challenge you guys out there, man. I want you guys to look at this. I want you guys to really feel this and try to call this into action in your life too. And if you guys can do this, this could help us in major ways and you guys in the way you look at things. I want to talk about one more thing here. So as we wrap this up and before Stephanie ends up closing out here. We have one here. Just want to just biases. yeah. I just I just want you guys to look at something here. We ha- we have it on this paper. It's called to action. I just want to. These are little bullet points. Look at your own biases. What is your belief? What is your truth in it? Ask questions. 
Were you going to say something, Chris? No, I was just thinking that we all have them. Yeah, 100%. We all have our own biases. Look at them, dude, and identify them. Yeah. And then ask yourself, why are they there even? You know what I mean? Because I I, I just, it's important to ask questions and be curious. So when it says, look at your own biases, and the next one says, ask questions, be curious, ask yourself those questions. Yes. Be curious with yourself. And the great thing that I say with you guys is that I feel safe to talk to you to say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm feeling. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's a bias, but thank you for allowing me to be in a safe place that I can share my real biases and not be judged. So then I can work through them. And equally take a look at them. Yes. You know, exactly. That's it. And that's so beautifully said. Thank you. God, you're killing it today. (laughs) Here's what, here's one I want to challenge. I like this. Hmm. Speak up when you see stigma. Do not reinforce negative behaviors and attitudes. Yeah. It's negative. Do something in a positive manner, I challenge you to. If you look at and you see stigma and you think and the first thing in your thought is negative, I challenge you to think about something positive. Yeah. I challenge I you it. to retrain your brain yeah. because it's needed. You guys, we want to combat this and we can't do this alone. We're, we need you guys. We need us. We need a, a big old tribe because the lies aren't real. They're not truth. There's no truth in it. And the cool thing is you will have a heart shift. You yes. literally have a heart shift once you combat a stigma and be curious or ask someone a question. Because here's the thing. I love drug addicts, dude. Mm. I believe in them. Yeah. I see them for what they are. Yeah. So you guys that are that have this bias and this stigma and belief, mm. come talk to me. We can have a conversation about it, and I'll tell you why I believe different. I love it. Matter of fact, when you talk to me, you'll believe different by the end of your conversation. Mm. That's that, a that I know. Yeah, dude. Like, if that's something that you that you that that is big for you, guess what? It was big for us our whole life, and we're learning how to combat it together right now. Yeah. So this isn't something that like we grew up doing. This is something we're realizing. Yeah. You know, this is something that we are noticing. And we work to change. On. Yes. All right, Stephanie. What do you think? You think that was a good one? Woo, <laughs> <laughs> girl. You're getting hungry. As usual, you guys do an awesome job of sharing your personal stories. And I just appreciate how authentically you show up to the podcast well, every week. We um, love you. We love this. On yeah. a personal note, um, You know, when I started doing this work, uh, I really knew that it was going to be relationship based. And I know that in our society now with isolation and masks and, you know, Mm. everybody's busy, that there's not a lot of um, value or, I don't know, emphasis put on building relationships and taking time to actually know people. And so it could be very easy for us to slip even further into, you know, this judgment or stigma or assumption mentality. And and so when I started stepping out of my comfort zone, I really went to the point of asking instead of saying in, to myself, what's wrong with this person? I would ask, who is this person? Mm-hmm. And so I know I've heard another rendition of instead of saying what's wrong with this person, ask what's happened to this person. I understand that, too. But sometimes, especially in our world, there's so much trauma that we don't really start there. Like, just tell me who you are and what you're interested in. And if we took more time to just build those relationships and establish friendships with people and got to know them, I think that's the best way to really battle against stigma holy um, crap i love you dude. and you're Everyone so good it. at that stephanie. i love you yeah. stephanie you were really good at that, it, <laughs> that you've good. really helped me open my eyes with that as well because it takes time to get to know someone it you're like chop chop i want to get to the i want to get to the crux of the problem but you don't do that you actually walk through a relationship with them which is beautiful yeah and it's that getting out of a fixer's mindset or having a Mm. standard that you think people should live up to or if they're not like you then they're not valued Mm. Um, that's that's something that I think our society puts a lot of emphasis on and um, you can be happy in a you know a viable member of our society without having a college degree or a career job or a big house you know there's there's standards that we put in front of people that aren't really uh, at the heart of the matter, if you say. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So we uh, have 
shirts and sweatshirts and things in our organization that say cool story bro Mm -hmm. and uh, it comes from a sign that's in my office that I just bought when we uh, remodeled the building but uh, it really goes back to sharing your story Mm. like I believe that everybody's story is so important and not necessarily the awful details of your trauma but like what you've overcome and who you are you know and a lot of times people come to us and they don't even know who they are yet and uh, so the more that you can open open up and, and listen and uh, hear and be interested. Yep. It causes people to want to share mm. and yeah. be able to find who they are. So as usual, I just believe in love and loving big. Yeah. And uh, a lot. that's what this is all about. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Survivors of Addiction podcast. Um, all of these stories are personal to Brandon and Christy. And we understand that not every organization struggles with the same stigma that they experienced. But I just think it's important to shine some light on on true life experiences and people relate to those. So thank you for listening. We will have episode 11 Don't coming out. Don't forget to like and share. Yes, like and share. Love that. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank have a great you guys day, so everybody. much. We love you.